Okay. Alright, that's enough nonsense. Hey everybody, welcome back to Battle the Backlog. This is our podcast. This is the first episode. Last episode didn't count. That's like episode zero. It's a prologue. It's not canonical. It's nonsense. I am your host. I'm Carlos. Joined with my co-host, Tyler. Hello, it's called an epilogue. What? Isn't it an epilogue? No. An epilogue is like what happens at the end. That's the finale. That's... After the sim finale, you have the epilogue. The prologue is before everything happens. Alright, fine. So yeah, that's how the prologue, that doesn't count. This is the real episode. This is where we get into the meat and potatoes. Tyler has his backlog list ready. I have my backlog list ready. Uh, If you're new to this, this is a show where we talk about the games that we've been putting off. And we're going to tackle them one by one. And we're going to completely destroy that backlog list and make it seem like it never existed in the first place. Uh, but I also, we're going to talk about a lot of other things, whatever's going on in the industry, a bunch of news, and it's very relevant right now because this week is one week for the best time of the year for me. Ooh, it's Christmas for gamers. Christmas for gamers. It's E3. Oh, it's E3. Ah, oh, I can't wait. Oh, um, so I just want to talk a little bit about that. I wanted to put it into thoughts how excited I am for E3. I know that this year it's going to be a little weird because no Sony, Sony. Sony's no not going to be there. Uh, EA is not doing a press conference. They're just doing like a weird stream. Uh, there's a lot of weirdness going on. Uh, so uh, Square Enix is taking Sony's spot. So they're going to do their press conference when Sony was supposed to, which is a big shoes to fill. So uh, I, I, don't, I don't know what's going to happen, but I think some Nintendo in there. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get some Nintendo. So I just wanted to go down, Tyler. I just wanted to get your opinion of like what you, what what, what is your hype level on E3 right now? What oh, I'm excited what they're gonna show at Nintendo. Okay. All right. So all okay, right. So on a scale of one to ten, where are you right here? Well, I want to keep everything realistic, so I'm gonna go ahead and say I'm probably probably an eight. Eight? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Okay. All right, that's that's more excited than I expected from you, actually. Yeah. Oh, I, with Nintendo, got a press conference, and it's okay. not about right. Sword and Seal? All right. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. I'm mad how you... So, let's go down the list, and I want to... We're going to go down each company, and then I'm going to ask you... We're going to see if you're... Uh, if you believe it's going to underperform, if it's going to meet expectations... Or it's gonna be beyond hype. Alright. Okay. Alright, so let's start with EA. EA taking a break this year from doing the press conferences, which are always awful, but there's like the occasional treat. There's the occasional little spark of excitement, you know. Mm-hmm. Last year we got the announcement of Jedi Fallen Order, which was a little bit of a flat announcement because it was just like they just went up to the guy in the in the audience and was like, Hey, what's the name of the game? And he's like, Oh, Fall in order, ah. um, but we also got Sea of Solitude, which is like their new indie game. They always, they've been putting out like a new indie game every right. single year. And this Fall one looks really year. cool. It's actually coming out very soon. I'm, I already pre-ordered it. I'm pretty excited. Um, but we know there's going to be Fall in Order. We know that's a fact. What yeah, do you? Gameplay, I think, yeah. Right. What What do you think we're gonna see of Fall in Order? Like. I think we're going to see some solid gameplay. Okay. Do you think it's going to be... I'm feeling it's going to be like a five-minute cut of just him running around, and then it's going to be him 
in the open world and then at one point a stone trooper stormtrooper just kind of points at him and goes hey you and then he just goes into a chase scene throughout the thing and then ends with a a uh Epic, like, Epic clash. clash. Yes, yeah. there's gonna be a clash between his lightsaber and somebody else's lightsaber, and and then there's gonna be a plot twist at the end or something. Some so, yeah. Uh, do you think they will show? What are, What are the chances that they will show uh, a a a original trilogy character, and which one? Uh, I think it's very slim. I think it's. I mean, if anybody, it's probably gonna be Darth Vader. Just to get a hype train going, no, talking. I don't that's think, so... I think it, out of everybody, it's going to be Vader talking to the Inquisitor, sending him out on the mission. And I think that's, that's as much original mm, trilogy stuff we're going to get. Okay. Just because it's in that time period, Maybe. It's, it's way... It's, what is it, pre, pre-rebellion by, like, years, I thought. Yeah. No, what, is it? I can't remember the exact timetable. I, I don't... Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. I don't... I think it's before... The, it's... I thought it took place maybe five years before the Battle of Yavin. Maybe, maybe, probably more. Okay. I'm picturing it's very soon after Order 66 because he's a Padawan and he's still young. He's like maybe 20 at the latest. He looks like it. Yeah, he he looks really young. So if you just say like that this takes place like right before the events of Episode 4, I think uh, it just wouldn't make sense. I think it would be a stretch. Yeah. Um... Okay, so what else are we expecting from EA? Uh, just sports games? Maybe Do some you... Apex talk? Apex talk? Oh, yeah, there's definitely going to be some Apex talk. Just yeah, I think they're definitely going to maybe announce a new battle pass, maybe some like big changes, maybe like a, a new hero, or a new legend. Yeah, there's going to be a new legend talk because there's already been leaks about it. Oh, there's already leaks again? Yeah, from what I saw. Okay, well, they, they leave the game every single time. Yeah. Okay. So, okay. So, we're expecting maybe new indie game, some new Fallen Order, mm-hmm. some new Apex. So, well, how, how, do you, how do you think, what, what, what do you think EA is going to perform? Under, about the same, or overhyped? I think, you know, a safe bet, I probably want to say it's probably going to be about the same. Okay. I, I want to say it's about the same, just to play it safe. However, it is yay. I don't know. I, I think, you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say they're going to overperform. They're going to overperform. Okay. I think, so. I think it's about the, it's going to be about the same. Um, they don't have to do the press conference anymore, so it's not going to be this awkward mess anymore. Mm-hmm. But I feel like... Uh, they might still botch. There's going to be some good stuff that they show, but there's going to botch the live stream. I think they're going to focus too hard on FIFA and Madden and, oh, I'm sure. and NBA Live, and it's just going to be a bore for like 40 minutes of it just dispersed throughout. So, yeah, i say about the same. Okay. Um, what do we have next? Uh, we have Microsoft. Microsoft is next. Quick correction. Jedi Fallen Order takes place doesn't have an exact time frame, but it does say after Order 66, so probably fairly recent. Yeah. Fairly so. after. Episode. Okay. All right. Under under my assumptions, that's correct. Right. Great. Sorry. That's um, so, okay. So, Microsoft. Mm-hmm. They're going to... I feel like they're going to go really big. They've said they're going to show off new game announcements. Like, we're going to get some first-party stuff. Uh, what What is oh, your... 
thinking we're going to get some Halo Infinite? Mm, what what is what is Halo Infinite? First off, what do you think? What what is Halo Infinite? I, everything I hope for. See, I hope it's going to be great. So I thought it was going to be kind of like a Halo reboot, and we we're going to get kind of the same feeling, or maybe like a little bit of an open world Halo. But then I started thinking about it recently. I was thinking about that trailer, and it just seems kind of. You know, just, oh, landscape, landscape, but then it, the last shot is four guys on a warthog. Mm-hmm. Three or four guys, I don't remember. And now I'm starting to think that... It's the same formula, I think. No, no, no. I'm starting to think that it's going to be a living game. Oh? So I think it's going to be... I think it might be something akin to Destiny. I think uh, I think Microsoft wants to have their own destiny. I think they want to have their own living because they don't have that right now. P- Sony has that with Destiny. Well, yeah, Destiny and like uh, Monster Hunter World or some Xbox. I can't remember. Uh, I think it is. PC has plenty of their own living games, but I, I think Xbox wants to have their own, and I think that's what Halo is gonna be. It's gonna be kind of a reboot, bring everything back, but it's gonna be have a lot of RPG elements, a lot of going on missions, a lot of coming back to keep playing the game over and over. Where where I agree with you, however, there's still a story that they need to end. And I'm pretty, is there? I'm pretty, yeah. On Halo 5? It doesn't... Yeah. Okay. Halo 5, 5 is open-ended. In oh. fact, even even after after post-5, they've got... Okay. Um, they have... Um, what is it? It's almost, it's almost an after credit scene, like Captain Marvel... As to Endgame, uh-huh. Halo Wars 2, at the very end, you see Cortana taking off the... Because uh, I don't know if you played and ever paid attention to any of the stories since the last one that you played. I think it was 3. Right? The last one I played was 3, yeah. Right. So, since then, uh, story's gone bonkers, by the way. Spoiler alert for uh, Halo, <laughs> Halo, I guess. Basically but whatever. Timeline, but essentially, at the end of Halo... At, at the end of 5, Cortana goes crazy. She start. She now. Starts, I thought she died at four. Right. Turns out not so much. Uh. So. In five, she starts going crazy. She's she's lived she's lived past her AI artificial you know lifespan, and she now tries to turn all AI against. It's it's like this weird almost. It's hard to explain, but it's very it's very much. The AI have all gone crazy. And okay. She, she's infecting, or she's trying to liberate the AI. Okay. Try to unite them under some sort of banner. Okay, so there's there's this, there's a plot to follow. So Halo Infinite could be a continuation. Of I that. I do believe. And that not really a reboot. Okay. I do believe. Infinite all right. Will be the all right. Ending. Understandably. Okay, so we got Halo Infinite coming from Xbox. We know they've have all these new acquisitions, right? They have Ninja Theory. They got Playground. Uh, Ninja Theory is the Hellblade guys. Mm. Playground makes Forza, but there's been a lot of rumors that they're making, they're working on something else. They want to do something that's not Forza, and a lot of people are thinking Fable Four. Oh. And if that's the case, I'm really excited about that. I'm down. I just don't. Um, I don't know. I, I the thing with Fable is that for me personally, um, all the games are very different from one another, and Incredible. everything. F- Everything after one has been a disappointment to me, because uh-huh. Fable One set up this kind of uh, this uh, structure of like a cool RPG that's kind of like a fun British vibe to it, and the 
the, the second and the third one follow up on that but only specifically in some aspects and so a lot of like the fun aspects like the combat or um, the magic system or just kind of like the wonkiness of everything right. the, the feeling of the, like an open world kind of goes missing and so I feel like if they do make a Fable 4 it'll end up being nothing like the old Fables so I don't really know what we're getting but I guess I'm just excited to see anything come out of that franchise Right. After, I don't know how many years. See, my experience with Fable is I never played the first one. I played extremely little of the second one. And then I ended up playing the third one through and through. And I, even though it was very criticized, very much criticized, I kind of liked the third one. Yeah, it it's fun. enjoyable. There's right. there's definitely bits that are fun. But it got a little, it, it went a little too formulaic with the uh, feeling of the the good versus evil mentality right but, and the moral standings of running a kingdom and all that nonsense right so we'll, we'll just have to wait and see on that um so yeah we know that in ninja theory is working on a new game we know uh those playgrounds working on a new game uh in exile the other guys who made wasteland 2 i don't think right. they've made anything in a while so they probably have something cooking that could come out soon maybe uh and then who else am i thinking of I'm missing somebody else. Who's a big deal? Obsidian. Mm-hmm. So we know Obsidian is working on New World, uh, the Outer Worlds. Right. And that should come out this year. But if they have a new like PC RPG coming out, that could be the new hotness. Especially having the oh. backing of a big studio. Of course. Microsoft, which they've never really had. They've had backing before, but for the most part, like their biggest games, Pillars of Eternity, that was all backed by Kickstarter, so they didn't really have that crazy funding uh, and they support. Worked, they worked on KOTOR 2. And they worked on KOTOR 2, yes. Besides the rush deadline, and obviously there was a lot of faults with KOTOR 2, I love the hell out of that yeah. game. Yeah. They, they make great lot. RPGs. Yeah. yeah. A lot of people like that game. And, and there's been, actually there's been teasings about there being a uh, Baldur's Gate 3. So Ooh. that could be pretty sweet. Pretty spicy. Uh, so yeah, that's that's the main things, and then we're, there's also we should be expecting the console announcement. Do you think? Do you think they will announce the console this year? Um, yeah, they probably announce it this year, but not for next, not till next year. It won't come out. So, but you think it, they will show it at like eighty three? They'll say, "Hey, this is the console." I think so. To stay, I, I think to be competitive with PlayStation. So PlayStation didn't announce theirs. So I think they'll try yeah. to come up and announce. Yeah, you're right. I think I think this is the best chance because we to know get ahead of the curve. Yeah, because PlayStation will probably have their announcement at some point in the fall. Just kind of have their own like press conference, kind of like how they did. Yeah. yeah, like how they did with uh, the PS4 Pro. So we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah, uh, what else am I missing from Microsoft? I think that's it. So, yeah, it's, it's a pretty meaty conference. Weren't the guys who did Sea of Thieves working on something else? No, I think they're still working on Sea of Thieves. Yeah. I think some of them might be working on um, yeah, they got moved or something. Battletoads. Oh. Because that's a rare property. Yeah. Oh, I didn't even notice. I didn't even know that somebody was working on Battletoads. Yeah. They, they, they announced it last year and what? they said a release date of this year, so we'll just have to wait and see. This year. All right, so. Well, you know, they'll probably talk about it at E3. Yeah. So, Microsoft. Under, same, over. If they... I'm really interested on these on these specs for this new console. Mm-hmm. So, hmm, 
probably. I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say it's going to be under. You say under? I think it's going to go under. Compared to like last year? Last year's E3. Oh, well, that one was kind of rough. Was it? No. I thought it was a great E3. They've been doing... I, I Personally, I believe that Microsoft has been... They get overshadowed by Sony because Sony has those big, big, big announcements that Last just kind of blow away. But Microsoft always it has been doing it like a thing where they do a lot of quantity. And so they just make announcement after announcement after announcement. I mean, they debuted Devil May Cry 5. They debuted Sekiro. They showed off a whole bunch of new games coming out to, on the console. And I remember thinking, like, wow, this is... I'm excited to play all of these games. Hard to topple. Yeah. So I think it's going to either stay the same, they're going to keep announcing a bunch of new games I'm excited about, or they are going to show off this new console. They're going to show off some new IP I've never imagined and blow me away. Also, they have a history with... with uh, That's the thing I'm missing. They have a history with From Software, and there's oh. been the rumors... From from software, you know, right? With uh, George R. R. Martin working on some new IP, right? And it's gonna be some Viking open world game. Mm. If they're going to show it anywhere, it's going to be at E three, and it's going to be at the Microsoft press conference. Right. And I think that's going to blow people's minds. Mm. So that's gonna take the cake. I think that's gonna make them win E three. All right, we'll see. We'll stand. I'm gonna hold firm with my underperform though. Yeah. Okay. So we got them. Let's go to. Bethesda real quick. I think this is going to be an easy one. I think... What do they got coming up? They got Wolfenstein coming out. They've got uh, Doom Eternal coming out. Oh, Doom's going to look good. I can't think of anything else. Well, they did... They Last E3, they teased the Elder Scrolls. They, they Oh, yes. They teased Elder Scrolls 6 and Starfield. Anything, I don't think anything's going to come out of it. No, nothing's going to come out of it. That is, just an idea, that is just a thing that they wanted to say. There's just a... Right. Pretty little picture that they pointed out there. It's like, hey, we're doing it. We know that you want it. We're working on it. Which is like, well, duh. Except for Starfield, I guess nobody really knew about Starfield. But for the most part, I was like, hey, like we know. So I think maybe at the most we will get another CG trailer hmm. for uh, Elder Scrolls. Maybe did they say, title. Was it? Did they say Elder Scrolls or Starfield was coming out first? I feel like there was an order uh, of the announcement. I think it's Starfield first. Yeah, yeah so Starfield. we'll get something for Starfield. We got a little CG trailer. Because the very last thing was... The very last thing was, was the pan over yeah, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. So, I don't know. Do you think they're going to talk about Final 76? You know, I was just about to ask you the same question. I was like, with all the hate that it got, I wonder if they... Because they've been so hate. cute. They the, Their whole thing is that they were cute, and last year, that's what they were talking about, and like... Todd Howard came out and he said, "Oh, I went on the internet and it said that people said there are bugs in our games." It's, ho ho ho! It's it's a cute little talking about their problems with their video games, but now that's kind of hit them in the face full force and they have a foot and mouth disease because because the, the problem with bugs has been exponentially increased with Fallout seventy six. It is uh, that is a nightmare. That is just a mess and I literally unplayable I feel feel like you have to talk about it but you can't sit on it because that that project's dead they're not gonna they're not gonna make that game anymore they're not gonna do anything for that game even though there's people still playing but I just can't I I can't think of it it it, it is such a PR nightmare that 
it's worse than it's worse of a mess than let's say like No Man's Sky, which was a mess at first, but the team focused and they were able to make something. It's kind of up there with Anthem too. Kind Anthem can get there. I believe they're gonna have some patch that'll they will eventually hit a good curve and get all their fans back Fingers on board. Because I wanted that. I wanted that game. To be yeah, so I bad. wanted that game to be good. Uh, oh well. So, Bethesda, I'm going to say underperform. I think they're going to do pretty bad this year. I think they're going to be, now that EA's gone, I think they're going to be the bottom of the totem pole. I would say that's pretty, that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good guess. I don't want to come out of left field, but Doom Eternal, like, that could really hold, that could really hold its own. So I might say, I don't think it's going to be any worse than last year's. I'm going to say it's going to hold the same. Okay. All right. So we got EA, Microsoft, Bethesda. Let's go on to our good friends in France, uh, Ubisoft. Ubisoft has kind of... Now that... Since the last two years that uh, PlayStation has been kind of lacking, uh, Ubisoft has kind of been picking up the pace. They've been making a lot of cool announcements. They always have that one more thing yeah. that gets people excited. Uh, so we know, I'm pretty sure... Even though there's there's been those rumors about the new Assassin's Creed, which I is going to be like, gonna get revealed. which is going to be Norse, but I don't think that's coming out this year. No, I don't think so, but I think it'll definitely be announced. Well, but that's the thing though is that I they they don't do that. They no. announce when they when when they announce an Assassin's Creed, it, it comes out that year. Like when they announce Origin, they announced that in 2017, came out in 2017. When they announced Odyssey. They announced it at at E3, came out in October. So I think that if they're going to talk about Assassin's Creed, they're going to wait till 2020. I don't know. I mean, it's true. Yeah. But we'll see. We might even just get a title or something. Maybe. Maybe a tease. But I think the main focus, one of the main focuses is going to be, is that when they... The thing is, when they don't have an Assassin's Creed... What they do have is a Watch Dogs. Well, and I think there's gonna be Watch Dogs three. There, they people have already said that Watch Dogs three is a thing, and it's gonna come out. I mean, it, and it's gonna take place in London. That'd be cool. And I can't wait because Watch Dogs two, uh-huh. underappreciated game. That is a bona fide awesome open world game that nobody played. I thought there was problems with it. No. Watch, did I hear? Watch Dogs 1 had, had a lot of problems. That was a mess because it, well, it they was... They promised a lot. Yeah, they, they promised they, a lot and then it didn't and then it didn't come out that good. The graphics were terrible. Uh, it was boring. The, everybody hated the protagonist. Uh, and that's kind of... And Watch Dogs 3 was basically a reaction to all that. It was... Watch Dogs 2, sorry. Watch Dogs 2 was a reaction to Watch Dogs 1 where it was like, hey, protagonist is super fun. Uh, the city that we're in is full of color. It's gorgeous. It has a very goofy feel to it. Like, they're not taking the game seriously. Like, it's like a hacker vibe, but it's not edgy. It's just, like, fun and comedic and yeah. kind of like a Silicon Valley type feel to it. Okay. And it gave me everything I wanted with that. And even the story was pretty interesting. What was the setting of the second one? Uh, San Francisco. Uh, so was that that is a pretty good city yeah and and you get to like race around and you get to see like Oakland you get to see Silicon Valley specifically 
you basically it's basically you a tiny ragtag hacker versus Google essentially and it's pretty dope I, I really love that game okay and they give you yeah, like so many tools to it's kind of like Deus Ex where they give you a bunch of tools to go through the game in di- different ways so you don't have to uh, like go out and shoot anything you can just like hack like cameras and just like go through there yeah and you can use like little drones to maneuver through and that was really fun uh so hopefully we see watchdogs 3 this year and we see it just build off of what watchdogs 2 did that's that's what i would want from it so i want it to build you know i don't want to i don't want to be a clone of the last right i want a lot more so maybe watchdogs 3 we know ghost recon's gonna be there Right. Yes. Point Break. What was it called? Uh, break. Breakpoint. I think it might have been Breaking Point. I'm not. Breaking sure. Point. Yeah, I think it's Breaking Point. Okay. So, I don't know how much we're gonna see of this because we very recently saw it and it looked very early on, like the the, the demo, because it was an it was an alpha build, right? And so I don't think I think they will show some stuff. I think they will see a, like a a new gameplay demo. Like a really quick yeah, one that shows yeah. that it's like a four-player kind of thing instead of just a one-player. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and I think we're gonna see like a March 2020 release date. I think that's a yeah. pretty safe bet. I say that's that's a good amount of time. Yeah. On that game. And I am ex- I loved I loved Wildlands. Right. So I'm super excited for Breakpoint. By the way. Breakpoint. Look that up. Okay. Correction. Hey yo, I'm on my point. Okay, you're on your point. Um, no, yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. I'm also excited to see the pirate game. What was it, Skull and Bones? Skull and Bones, yeah. which got delayed, so I don't know how much we're going to see of that. Same we'll with see. everything else. Yeah. We'll see. It's, it was delayed for 2020, or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. We'll, we'll probably see something. More gameplay, I'm sure. Maybe. I feel like we've seen all there is to see about that game. That's my problem. It's just, we we've seen what that game is. It's open world get on your boat shoot other boats just some pirate shit yes. like come on how can you not love that I, I know I'm saying that's fine so but it's I'm there's so no ready. I don't think there's gonna be something new I don't think they're gonna be like here's a campaign or here's a no, battle was... royale mode like I don't know about any of that, that I think pretty that wild. would be cool that would be cool but we'll have to see battle royale with boats I'm down so we got that from Ubisoft we got uh, Ghost Recon we see I think we'll see some more uh, Rainbow Six Siege stuff pretty simple stuff uh, there's that new rollerblading game that got announced right, it was, lost me there. I, there's, a, there's a new rollerblading game that was leaked there's like a video out and it shows off the environment it's like a uh-huh. shot of the environment and it kind of looks like so it's, it looks like roller derby right Okay. But it looks like it has customizable Fortnite-looking characters. So it'll be kind of a online versus type game. Kind of akin to Rocket League. Oh. Yeah. So people will be, you know, it's like you go with your team and you're basically running with a ball. And you're, like, passing it to each other and you're, like, punching the other roller derby guys. Yeah, so I will, I, we, I, we should expect that. Um, it seemed kind of dumb from the concept but I mean Ubisoft has a record of surprising us because uh, Mario Rabbids looked dumb and everybody so did, hated so it Rocket League. yeah so did Rocket, Rocket League. League 
and then it came out and it turned into oh something God, amazing. A monster. It turned into a monster. Right. People are still playing that game. And so I think we can't end it. We can't end Ubisoft until we talk about uh, Beyond Good and Evil 2. Because I think it's it's been two years now. They've been heavy into development. I think we got to see something. I think we got to see something real big. Because we've seen we've only seen concepts really. We've seen two CGI trailers, which both were good. Um, but we haven't really seen what the game looks like, what it feels like, what it's like to play it. Because they really pushed a lot of uh, a lot of crazy concept like. They, they wanted to treat it like it's No Man's Sky and you can fly between planets and it's a completely open world that you can just explore. And it seems very ambitious. Story driven, right? Story driven, yes. Mm. And I just don't... I, we have to see something. I have, I'm not convinced yet about this game. I'm happy that we're finally getting some Beyond Good and Evil stuff, but I need to see some stuff. Just happy for some space stuff. Yeah. Um, no... I, if it's been that much in development, I'm sure they'll show something. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. What okay. do you think? It'll perform? So, Ubisoft, I think... Is it too soon to say they'll get some Anno, Anno updates? Yeah. They won't... They're not going to show Anno at E3. Well, Anno's already out. Yeah. But, I don't... Yeah, no, like... Man. If they show Anno, it'll be at the PC conference. You're right. Uh, so for me, I think Ubisoft is going to be about the same. They did pretty good last year, so I think they'll just keep it up. Uh, what about you? I'm going to go overperform. I'm a little excited. Overperform? I'm excited okay. for Breakpoint. Breakpoint. Skull of Bones. Hold on there. Okay. I want to see some. All right. Now, I think we're up to Squeenix. Little Square, Little Enix. Square Enix. This is going to be... Either two things. It is going to be a flop or it is going to be a godsend. It is going to be like one of the best press conferences. There's there's just the two because they have a lot of big things that they are bringing to the table at E3. We know that Final Fantasy VII Remake is going to be there. We right. know that. Oh yeah, for sure. We know that the Avengers game is going to be there. Oh, that's right. They are developing that, right? They said that. They said it's going to be there. We know this press conference is going to have both. We know, I kind of know, that Kingdom Hearts 3 DLC will be shown at E3. We got the scoop. Right. Got all the scoops. So the recipe is there for some big stuff. There's also the stuff from last year. Uh, Platinum's game, uh, Babylon's Fall. Which they showed off like very briefly. It looked really cool. Platinum always makes really awesome uh, action games. So seeing a new IP from them with the backing of Square Enix, because they already have that relationship with Near Automata, Near Automata, uh, we could see something on that level. So there is a lot there. The problem is how to present it. They've had two E3 press conferences before this one, and they have been dog crap they do a, a horrible job presenting because the problem is is that they show off they give all their stuff to other press conferences right. so when they have the kingdom hearts 3 trailers 
they just uh, gave them out to everybody else. Literally everybody <laughs> had a little slice of that. Yeah, so the best Kingdom Hearts 3 trailer is at the Xbox conference and at Sony. And then when you get to the pre- the place uh, Square Enix conference... I say best loosely because that music was jank. But, uh, well, you, you know, but you know, at Sony... Because we saw it at Xbox and we were like, oh, can it get any better than this? And then we saw it at Sony and it was the Pirates trailer. And that was dope. That was alright. You don't think that was awesome? You weren't like, shocked. I was, I was wowed. Take that away, take away your feelings about Kingdom Hearts three right now. I'm talking about we'll at that, that moment. Later. At that moment, were you not insanely I was, excited? I was insanely I was. skeptical. Okay. But I will say that I was overly hyped for that game as a whole. Yeah. Just saying. Okay. Okay. All right, but so. And then, so yeah, that was last year. They had a pretty mediocre conference where they just didn't really announce much that was that interesting. And then the last time that they had one was 2015, and that was really just terrible. It was just a very generic, very business, corporate uh, meeting. And, like, I don't know. I just feel like if they show off stuff, it's just going to go to Microsoft. I feel like they're just going to give the announcement... They're gonna give the, the 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 footage of Final Fantasy VII remake to Xbox, and I don't know, man. They and might I, hold on to it this time. Maybe, but and then and then with Mike uh, with Avengers, I I feel like they're not gonna show that much. I think they're just gonna give us a very simple trailer. They're gonna talk about it a little bit. I don't think I think it's gonna be a demo. I don't know. With the with the level of quiet that they have been, normally when when. When Square Enix is quiet, it's usually not a good thing. Mm. It's n- normally, w- with some other developers, you can be like, oh, it's cooking. That means it's cooking. Oh, we haven't heard anything about Resident Evil uh, 2 Remake? That means it's cooking. That means they're working on it. Cool stuff. But when when Square Enix is quiet, that means something's wrong. Something's on fire. They don't want to and they're just, they don't want to talk about it. So that's how I feel right now. I feel like Avengers is on fire, and we're going to get something really basic. Well, you know what? I'm gonna hold on hope. All right. That Avengers game is great. Okay. So Square Enix, under, middle, over. Well, you were selling me on that under, but I, you know, I'll say under. I'll say under because I, I, I have not been paying attention to Square Enix at all. So I'll say that I'll go with you on your best guess. I think I just don't. I think what they're bringing is gonna be cool, but I just think they're gonna do a bad job with it. So I think I'm going under. As much as it pains me to say it, because Square Enix should be one of my favorite companies, but I'm gonna go under. And now Good we're gonna games. talk about the big boy, Nintendo. Uh oh. Nintendo is coming to E3, and I know you're excited. Hell, of course I am excited. But here's the thing. I'm not excited. Look. And right. and I'm gonna explain right. to you why. And it's. I'm ready. I'm strapped. Similar similar to Square Enix, right? They're not going to show stuff off well. And that's because they don't really care about E3. Right. But, I mean, they're going. so They're they will some, go. They're going to put some effort Here, in. Here's how it works. Here's, here's, my, here's, my, here's my prediction. I'm is right. that right. the last three years, they always focus on one game. Uh-huh. 2016, they brought out Breath of the Wild. The whole thing was Breath of the Wild. Everything was themed around Breath of the Wild. Mm-hmm. 2017, 
uh, Super Mario Odyssey. It was all Super Mario Odyssey. There was other stuff, but that was the main focus. And in 2018, it was Smash Bros. Smash Bros. was the only thing that anybody was paying attention to. Oh, yeah. Well, they, but they also showed other... No, they showed other things, but, like, you go... When you look at the booth, and you look at, like, what people are mainly talking about, it is just Smash Bros. Well, I guarantee you we're going to see the next fighter, for sure. I think, yes, you're right. We will see a new fighter. I'm positive of that. Uh, at least we won't see we won't see the fighter we will get an announcement trailer for the fighter okay. so we'll get like a very CG like and then it'll be like Minecraft Steve and then he'll pop out and pickaxe Mario or something uh, or pull out a creeper and throw it alright uh, official I would lose my shit I would be so happy if that's actually what's if you, you want so you want Minecraft I was just trolling I wouldn't say I want Minecraft Steve but you I would ever, be you, you, you're watching this and you stand up and go oh my god I would it's Minecraft Steve I'm just saying Steve's gonna be my new main okay alright fight me okay better bandana great, great. D I don't get bandana D I'm gonna be sad it's not gonna happen I can promise you that I, I know because it's all it's all other company characters right no, are that's not true. Is, they're using it as like an advertisement slot, aren't they? Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's pretty much it. it, it they're gonna push something. They're gonna push something out. Because that's, of, that's be why Persona. That's why. Right. That's why I'm like, what, what games are coming to Nintendo that they're gonna, they're gonna throw in there? I mean, they could they could throw in a uh, Astral Chain. If you remember, that was the, uh, it was the Platinum Nintendo Switch exclusive. You're basically like this future cop, and you have like a ghost handcuffed to you and you fight with the ghost that's pretty wild it's 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 pretty cool it it looks pretty cool they announced it at a nintendo direct a few uh months ago um but yeah so we will see a new smash character i think we'll see luigi's mansion 3 because that was supposed to come out this year oh i think that's gonna get delayed uh we will not see i'm positive but we won't see a lot of pokemon no because we're getting a direct yeah they're getting a direct it will be playable, but this we're not going to see no. it. This week, yeah. It's yeah. going to be on Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday. Wednesday. Uh, oh, you know what also comes out Wednesday? MotoGP 19. For all you race fans. Not th- So you. So me. <laughs> I, I'm going to play the shit out of that game. Okay. Um, so the big ticket that I think they would have to bring is Animal Crossing. Oh, for sure. But I don't think Animal Crossing works as a big ticket. It's I not mean, a big ticket. It's with a, the amount of hype that people are putting. Yes, about. but how? Okay, how do you do a demo? How do you do a twenty-minute demo for Animal Crossing? How do you get a journalist to go and sit in front of a Switch, play Animal Crossing for twenty minutes, and have like a good opinion about it? How do you even set that up? You're saying as if it's a, an assumption that that's going to be their only big ticket. Yes, but that you have they're I going to push one thing. They're going to push one main thing. And it has to be either Pokemon or it has to be Animal Crossing. Mm, Mario Odyssey 2? Ha. No. Mm, probably not. Although I would, that would be great. That would be fantastic. Wait, no, I know what it is. Throw it. Pitch it. Super Mario Maker 2. Isn't that coming out very recently? Uh, yeah, I think I think that's it's gonna come out. Uh, yeah, it comes out on June twenty first, I think. So, only yeah, I, I, two weeks yeah, after E three. I, yeah. I, th- I don't. That's too soon, I think, to put that much attention. I don't know. They're gonna talk about it. They're gonna say they're gonna add. Uh, what is everybody clamoring for? Was it Mario three assets? 
Mm, it was the Super Mario 3D World assets. Oh, uh, yeah. Every, that they okay. added in. Right. Well, no, but that's that's announced. Right? Isn't it Super Mario 3D? That, that's, they've already announced that they're putting No, it. yeah. Right. So, so uh, people think, people wanted, like, 3D elements in Super Mario Maker. So, people wanted to make Super Mario 64. Uh, it's just that that doing that is like no, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's a big can of worms, yeah, no and problem. I don't think the developers are capable of doing something like that. I mean, maybe eventually, but not. I don't um, think on the not, Switch. Not anytime soon. I don't, I don't, I don't think on the Switch. Uh, so yeah, I think those are the main key things of Nintendo. I don't think I'm missing anything. Probably a lot of indie titles because they were pushing. There's so, so gonna be some indies. There's gonna be some. They're gonna be some indie shadow drops. Like they oh. did with Hollow Knight, where they just pop, dropped it. Uh, so yeah. Oh, you think Hollow Knight will be a Smash character? Oh, that would be great. But no, no I don't think so. No, I, no. Oh, well, because my my whole thought process on it was that it's all games that are coming out. Yes. Not not games that are already on the Switch. You know what I mean? Such so as like Hollow Knight. So that's right. why he's not going to be in it. It's going to be no so reason. like for example, the reason Joker is on the Switch is because they're doing a Persona. That, Persona Rumble or whatever yeah. is coming. So, Persona R, whatever. That's More a. Those. I don't want to get into that. Uh, so Nintendo, under, middle, over. I don't care about your stipulation. I'm gonna go over. You're gonna go over. I'm You're gonna just go gonna go better I'm than last year. I'm ready for that Animal Crossing, and okay. I'm ready for them to okay. really drive it home. I think. I don't think it's gonna go under. I don't think they're going to. I'm gonna walk out of that being like disappointed. Uh huh. But I think it's gonna be about as good as last year because I think it's going to be like 15 minutes I think that press conference is going to be 15 minutes and then they're going to cut straight into the thing and 15 minutes is not a lot of time that's no. not really not enough time for surprises and stuff so I'm going to go middle middle of the road here it's, it's going to meet expectations I think we're going to get a solid 10 minutes of Animal Crossing and then the rest will be here's hoping alright we're 45 minutes in and we've only been talking about E3 uh, so I think I think we hit all the big things. I think I just want to top this off with. So PlayStation's not gonna be there. PlayStation's is not gonna be there in any so capacity. We, are we missing one? No, we're not missing anything. We're. Mi- I mean, we could talk about PC, but I don't really care. The sure. their their conferences are just pretty. Of- they just bring out developers that people. A lot in, of indies, no. Yeah, there, there's nothing I can expect from like. Oh boy, I hope. Epic they Store, sh- probably. Oh, yeah. That's the thing. It's That's actually true. Thank you for bringing that up. Because uh, they said Epic Game Store is hosting the PC Games Conference. Word. So people are pissed. Oh, really? Because it, it, it's going to be about a exclusives on exclusive. Epic. And they're going to be pushing they're going to be pushing an agenda. Hey, they're really put, trying to get that to go home, huh? It, yeah... That's a little. That's a little exhausting. I won't lie, but I mean, hey, more power to them. They've got all the money in the world, so. I I I was at first with that whole conversation. I was always very against the people defending, people attacking Epic Games Store because I was like, I was just sitting here for years hearing people complain about Steam yeah. every day, and then a new guy comes out and says, "Hey, we're gonna give." all the money to developers yeah they're they're being good guys they're being good guys it's just they're being good guys in a bad way in a aggressive bad way and i was gonna make a reference 
uh, I would say it's almost like they're good guys in the way like Daenerys is a good guy. Well, Daenerys in the game in Game of Thrones, where she's like, "I'm gonna liberate people, but I'm gonna do some no no stuff." Everybody, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Game of Thrones spoilers. Sorry. Um, so yeah, if you've been I, on Twitter. That 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 whole thing's been. Yeah, if if you have a Twitter account, I don't need to say spoiler alert. Uh, so yeah, not much that I'm expecting from PC. So I just want to end it with what. What is your, like, number one biggest dream come true happening at E3 that you want to happen that would make you just hop up and scream? Hmm. You know, if they announced, if they announced Mario Odyssey 2, I would probably freak my shit. I know they're not going to, but I, I would flip tables for Mario Odyssey 2. I love that game. Uh-huh. But, man, out of everything... It doesn't have to be realistic. It's pie in the sky here. Man, that's a tough one. I'm going to probably have to say, I, if they if they shadow announce that... Oh, never mind. Skull and Bones. It's going to be great. Dropping it now. That's just, that's just your big excitement. I, I'm... I'm way into this game okay 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 all right i think for me my pie in the sky is i desperately want a remake of final fantasy 6 on the nintendo switch or the ps4 or the xbox or anything i just want a remake i don't need i the, the thing is i don't want a i don't want final fantasy 7 remake i don't want it to be this huge giant blowout of what the original was i just want the original but just treated with the tender love and care that it deserves i want it kind of like the shot of the colossus remaster kind of that's that's a lot i i don't know if you remember but final fantasy 4 was remade on the 3ds and they basically made it in 3d with 3d like models and yeah. polygons and they gave it voice acting right. and they added a bunch of new features and they even made it hard yeah. because the first one was too easy uh, I just want that pretty much. I want I want I want to see these characters in 3D. I want to see these characters talk to each other. I want to see them tweak uh, gameplay just a little bit so they just add all the stuff because I have it on the SNES Mini, but I like the Game Boy version that has a bunch of new stuff. So I just want them to add everything that they had added before and just make it into the perfect like this is the ultimate way. To play Final Fantasy VI, you yeah. can always go back to the old Final Fantasy VI, but this is the best way to play. It's a little and that's what I want. Yes, that's what I want. I want that I so you. bad. I got you. Now, I'm gonna change mine because, as far as we know, Bioware is not doing anything, right? No, I don't They're think so. They're just strictly trying to fix that hot mess of Anthem. Right? Yeah. I'm gonna throw it out there. It's, it's never in a million years gonna happen. But if I got, if like they put a small little team on remaking. The Kotor games, yeah. Throw throw Bioware on that. Just remaster, remake, re revamp. I wouldn't say revamp the combat system, but maybe tweak it a little bit. Sure. There's some jankness to it. Blasters, no point. There's really no point. But regardless, 
if, if I saw a remaster for that game, that's what I. Would. I think that's not completely out of the question. I think. I don't think. I think so. Bioware could totally. Well, no, it wouldn't be Bioware. It would have to be a third party. But I think it could maybe be Obsidian. Yeah, or like no, because Obsidian's with Microsoft now. Oh, you're right. Uh, and they don't hold the stuff. So it would be EA. Um, Respawn could do it. They've already got the Star Wars assets. I'm thinking. I'm thinking they getting bringing like a third party. I think they could bring in like a Blue Point, who made oh, the the, re, the yeah. remake of Shadow of the Colossus. I think they could just bring them in and just say, "Hey, do this for us," and they'll be like, "Yeah, okay." Someone like that could do it, and we could have a moment like that. I think that's entirely possible. Because I think a Kotor three is just out of the question. No, like, yeah, I absolutely. I don't think we'll ever but, see that. But it's a remaster. Well, then again, I guess Lucas Arts would want anything to do with that because it's no longer canon so why would they work on it being like that the, just the real question is because there was there was a big old debacle about them shutting down a fan a fan developer 100% remaking the first Knights of the Old Republic game and uh, the, they shut it down the guy had to give up all of his assets everything he made had needed and everything and all he did was show one trailer for it of yeah. one zone and yeah. they, they set down that, that hammer. It was completely hard. unnecessary. They should have just treated it like uh He wasn't trying to monetize it at all. Right, right. When you, when you have a fan dedicated like that, that's someone that you gotta like snatch up and put into something else. Like the guy who made the original remake of uh, Metroid 2. Samus mm-hmm. Returns, he made, like, a version that basically ran on, like, the GBA versions of Metroid, and then that got taken down. Uh, the guys who make uh, Ori, they hired him. They were literally like, hey, we want you working on a team. So now he's working on Ori 2, right. which is crazy. Blizzard did a ton of that. Yeah, exactly. Just, if you see a fan that's talented, that's someone you need working on your games. It's that simple. Yeah, I don't know what the guy's doing these days. He might have actually been snatched up by another developer. He should be. He should start his own company because that game would yeah. be beautiful. I don't know if you ever saw the test footage, but my goodness, that was... We'll have to wait and see. All right. Tasty. So 53 minutes in, we've still, only been talking about E3. We're still on. Let's talk about the meat and potatoes of this podcast. Let's talk about the backlog. Okay. All right. So, Tyler, I want you to tell me about your backlog. What... Have you been up to? What have you been playing? You want me to what have my you been advancing? List, yes, give list. me your finalized list right, so we can give it to the viewers and the listeners. All right, you ready for this? Give me, give me, give me. I mean, it's mostly just listeners. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. Just throwing it out there. This is set in stone. Everything. This is my gospel. Okay. Number one, Tyler's official backlog. Is this an order of importance or just an order of order? Well, this is just an order. Uh, none okay. of these are like an important list. Okay. I mean, they're obviously all important. Sure. Number one, God of War. Of course, that's uh, been a thorn in my side for, say, all of our sides. Mm-hmm. Number two, Assassin's Creed Odyssey. That's a thorn in my side. That mm-hmm. game, I've got gripes. But I will finish that game. So help me God. Number three is Dark Souls Remastered. So far, I've died an actual count. I've died 150 times. Okay. I've tallied. That's the one you've been playing right now. Yes, that's okay. the one I'm currently right. working we'll on. Get, we'll get to that. Yep. Um, number four is KOTOR 1. Full dark side run, of course. Yes. I haven't done that. I've never done that before, so that's what I'm, I'm... I've obviously played those games like six times each. Number two is recently added. I'm going to make the commitment and do KOTOR 2 the same way. All 100% dark side. 
I actually hear that game was kind of geared towards that moral dark side. Hmm. Yeah, so I'm, I'm really excited for that one. Okay. Number six is Hollow Knight. Uh, just about everybody I know has been trying to get me to play that game, so I bought it. It's downloaded. Never touched it. Zero minutes played. Well, I'll get there. Spyro still on the list. Got to play the Reignited Trilogy. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn, of course. That's I can't believe I've not played that game. I really need to play that. I hear it's fantastic. Um, with the announcement of uh, what was it? Point Break Breakpoint. It was it was Breakpoint. Uh, I have now Ghost Recon Wildlands added to that list because as much as I've loved that game. I've never actually beat the mainline story. So I got pretty far. I'm about, what is it, two lords down, and now I'm just going to kill the other two and get that done. Okay, so halfway. Uh, just about halfway. I didn't touch the other two at all. So okay. A little, a little under halfway. And last on the list is Breath of the Wild. Again, not important because I hear that game is phenomenal. And uh, I'm still on the Great Plateau. So. <laughs> Jesus, Louise. <laughs> okay. Okay. Well, that's my list. That's my that's my full ten. So. All right. Got that. Yeah. So we got we got the list down. All right. So. You want to re-go over yours or, you you had your. My mine is too long. Mine is solid. Uh, just tell me tell me what have you been playing from that list, from this week. Well, this week I've been playing Dark Souls. Okay. Playing as much Dark Souls as I can. And this is your first playthrough of Dark Souls ever. This is my first playthrough of any Souls game ever. Okay. Never played Bloodborne or haven't even touched Sekiro. What was your expectations going into Dark Souls? Death, dying a lot. Okay. So you you, so you fell along the, the general consensus that these games are just, they're just like the hardest games ever. And, right. Yeah. And now, how do you feel about that? Well, I can say that I'm still... I just beat the... Was it the Taurus Demon? On the bridge, which I hear is actually not even a boss. I think that's a mini-boss, yeah. Yeah, he's a mini-boss. So, and I... About a third of my 150 deaths were due to him. So, it took me a while to realize he could just... Is that, is that a legit number, or is that just a... No, 150 deaths, 100%. Like, I've counted. Wow. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I, um, I shortly made it after. I, I, I spent a lot of them experimenting with the game. Cause mm-hmm. I was trying to, I was really trying to get past that dragon that's right after that. I, I wouldn't say I died 50 times to the Taurus. I probably died about 10 times to the to the demon on the bridge. Yeah. A lot of the other stuff is just me experimenting with the parry system, trying to get it all down. Still can say, don't have that down at all. Can't. That, that's, yeah, it's that's it's tough. it's it's tough. Uh, it's I've never personally parried in any of the. Dark Souls, game. Dark Souls game. I hear uh, that's like the worst way to do it. Like you, don't, you, you just want to block at that point. Yeah. Um, so I never played Dark Souls one, but I played Dark Souls. I played Bloodborne and then I played Dark Souls three. And in my Dark Souls three playthrough, my first character, I went with a basically just a strength build, and so that's what um, I was recommending. I had a big axe and I had a big shield. And my shield was, it was a, a shield that gives you. Um, 100% block so okay. whenever you block so you no won't. chip damage yeah so it was a lot of a lot of focus on health a lot of focus on strength a lot of focus on high uh, stamina bar so I can just block endlessly and uh, yeah that was the that was the worst way to play <laughs> uh, I, I mean I liked my character but it definitely feel like I was just strong strong arming my way through the game 
and uh, it it was it felt ineffective, and it wasn't until I made a new character and I made a uh, a pyromancer oh, right. that I kind of fell in love. That I was like, this is the way I'm gonna play these games from now on till forever because it felt so good to just have that mobility and just be able to just do damage while sneakily getting away and dodging. Um, and so with your character, what do you have? Like a knight? Just no, standard? I have the I have the wanderer. So that, that was the cl- I, I hear the class uh-huh. picking is not very important. And I, so, it, yeah. It's it's a good setup, but it's not necessary. Yeah, I I started as a knight and was like I I'm just way too slow for this game and it's driving me insane. So I re- restarted as a wanderer and I'm enjoying a lot more of the scimitars fast. It's mm-hmm. fast. I'm nimble, so I can jump around, death around. The wanderer is the one with the two swords. No, he has a scimitar and a shield, a leather okay. shield. Okay. So I get chip damage, but I have a better parry, I believe. Gotcha. So that's why I've been trying to use the parry. Uh, I think I'm going to go ahead and stop doing that and just wield my scimitar two-handed. Yeah, I mean, so and there's also the backstabbing. Don't forget about the backstabbing. I've seriously really tried, and I still don't have it completely You down. don't have it down. Because I guess in the first Dark Souls, there's a very, it's a much, it seems like it's a smaller range to get the backstab off. Because there's that first giant knight they try to get to. Yeah. As soon as I roll behind him, he just turns around and swings. And I'm like, I, I gotta get the backstab. How do I get the backstab? It's it's less about like rolling behind them, and it's more about waiting until they make a move, and then and then you just tack move right behind them, yeah, them and yeah. knock them down. Uh, what what are your thoughts? How are you feeling about the story? Do you... well, Dark Souls is the type of game that's the, the story, it's it, it's interesting. I'm intrigued, of course, with the the whole war in the beginning, the Dragon War. But do you like that style? Are you enjoying the style? Where yeah, it's... I think it's I think it's interesting for sure. Okay. You start as a, obviously undead, and you're trying to rekindle the light. And I'm I'm not in I'm not that far into it, so I'm not well versed in it. But I know that there's like um, what is it? I know a lot of the stories told in the actual items. But um, so far, I'm, I'm excited to get into it and try to find all these items with all these background, all this unlocking of the story and talking to all the NBCs that have run. I just ran into Solaire, so oh, that's, that's classic. Fun. Yeah, I mean, the first time you meet him, I guess, because all he said was, oh, I'm here to see the light, see the sun. I'm like, oh, well, that's, that's cool, buddy. All right, I don't know. I don't understand the hype yet, but uh, I'm guessing I'll run into you again. And, uh, At some point, you will. Yeah, and of course, there's 30 messages around him saying, praise the sun, and I'm like, this is beautiful. This is the type of game I like. Okay. So, so I'm excited for that. However, it does get frustrating. So on top of that, I've been, in between Dark Souls Rages, I've been playing uh, KOTOR. More KOTOR. Yeah, I've been playing Nice of the Old Republic and trying to get through that on the dark side run. And I can say that so far, it's, I feel, I feel bad. I feel bad. You feel like actual remorse for the Yeah, these, these decisions kind of, man, they, they kind of hit home. Okay. So you're not just feeling like these are just... Because I know there are some games I've played where you make the bad decision and you just can just kind of shrug it off. Like, I know yeah. I had that in Red Dead 2 a lot where I would just do a bad thing and I'd just be like, well, I guess I'm just I'm just an outlaw. Just Who cares? Who do who? Well, right, and I feel like in Red Dead 2 specifically, a lot of the bad decisions you make is just in the open world itself. Yeah. Like, oh, I'm just going to rob this guy, and oh, he he, he, he wheeled a little bit, and I accidentally pulled the trigger and killed him. 
I mean, oh well. I mean, I was robbing him anyways. But like in the actual story and anything, like, yeah, I felt bad when I beat up when I beat up uh down the Downs family. Like I beat that yeah. guy up. I was like, yeah, I mean, I deserve what I got for that. You know. Okay. So. So, but you'd say so you say that there is an emotional impact. With yeah, there's some, an emotional. Or impact. there's a moral dilemma in some of the decisions. A lot of them are just kind of comedic. Like you're just. For example, spoilers for what? What is it? An eighteen-year-old game now, but um, it's not. It's two thousand four, right? Yeah, I think so. Whatever, fourteen-year-old game, and um, man, you can on Kashyyyk specifically, you can really mess with your Wookiee friend Zobar. Oh man, you mess with that guy. It's, it gets very dark. In what sense? So like, there's a family setting, and apparently, I don't want to spoil it because I know you need to play that game. Sure. So I'm just gonna go ahead and say that. You deal with a lot of family drama, and it involves a brother and a dad, and man, you can make some messed up choices. You just be like, hey Zolbar, um, I bet I bet this makes you really angry, doesn't it? And he's like, what are you trying to do? Are you trying to get me to kill these people? And I'm like, would that make you feel better? <laughs> would, would slaughtering these unarmed people, would that make you feel better, Zolbar? Come on Zolbar, just let me see what you got. Let me see what you made of, friend. You owe me this life debt. That really does sound messed up. Uh, it's it can be it can be and, okay. Um, especially a, a lot on the um, maybe not so much on the political world. Like Manon is very political. It's interesting, but there's not really too many detrimental dark side choices there. Tatooine's kind of fun because you just mess with a bunch of people who are um, just you know not too well off, and you'd be like my. Specifically, because I know this is probably going to be the first world to go to, so uh, and it's offhanded, so it's not really a spoiler. But um, a lady will come try to try to sell you her her husband, her late husband's trophy, prize trophy, from his hunt, and you're just like, that plate looks great. Uh, what do you want for it? She's like, I need to get off world. I just need all I need is thirty credits for this this, this head plate. Just you know, let me buy it. And you're just like, you know what? I like it so much, I'll give you nothing for it. Thank you. And you just take it from her. You're just like, she's like, how am I supposed to get off world now? It's like, well, how much money do you have? She's like, I only have 50 credits. Oh, so you mean I have 50 credits and you rob her. And it's just like, wow, that's terrible. I'm a terrible person. <laughs> this is just, it's nonsensical. Like, it's like, all right, fair enough. You can also murder a family for a unique crystal, though I think that's actually in the second game, so I'm not sure. Like a unique lightsaber crystal that's like one of the best um, modifications you can get for a lightsaber. You just okay. slaughter somebody for it, so that's fine. Would you say this is your... So you haven't done a Dark Side playthrough before? I have not. Would you say this is your favorite playthrough so far? Uh, uh Well, I'd say it's given me some great laughs. But okay. as for everything, when it comes to the moral decisions, I would say probably doesn't make that much of a difference on me because a lot my favorite my favorite parts of that game involve a lot of the characters a lot of your a lot of your party members like HK47 has fantastic dialogue and you don't I, it, it helps influence is really big in the second game and you, your level of influence over these characters grow you can talk to them and the, the decisions you make influence their their view on you so if you have a dark side companion, you make a dark side choice, they'll talk to you. However, in the first game, I don't think that's the case. I think, because I, I could talk to Candorus all I want. 
and he, he'll tell you all of his war stories and all that sort of... I think you've met him yet? I'm yeah, not sure. yeah, yeah, I have him at a party. Candor's is great. He's, he's fun to talk to. Uh, Jolie Bindo. He, it, if you do Dark Side, you have Jolie with you. He criticizes pretty much all of your actions because he's a crazy old hermit, but he's also a master. He's also very... He's very one-sided, so he'll criticize everything you say, but fantastic. Understandable. I would probably say my favorite... So far, it's great, but I can't tell if that's just the game. It's just great. I love it. Okay. Or if it's just the dark side, it's just that much better. So. Okay. But I will say I'm thoroughly enjoying the dark side. I'm glad to hear that. All right. Uh, anything else you've got going on, or does that wrap up your last couple weeks? That's pretty much all I've been doing since the last since the last time we spoke on the podcast, and I've been I've been doing a lot of other stuff that doesn't involve the my backlog. I've been mm-hmm. playing. Monster Hunter just got Monster Hunter and I've been playing with a bunch of bozos who uh, got me to convince me to finally get that game. So Well I'm glad we can finally convince you because it is it's great to get back into that game finally. It is a lot of fun. It's I been a while. Say. It's it's I, I've done pretty much everything I have to do in that game, so really all I needed was an excuse to jump back in and having new people that need guidance or basically a quick walkthrough so you could get through the campaign. More than enough for me. So, yeah, I'm glad it's, it's happening. A lot of fun. Right. Food in that game makes me hungry every time. Oh, yeah. It's it's gorgeous. Uh, so, for me... Right, right. I'm ready. I've had two main focuses. I want to first... Uh, that's actually not true. I've had three focuses. Uh, one is SteamWorld Quest, which I brought up uh, last week. Yeah. Yes. And it's my... the one the, On the top tier of... Uh, my my backlog and that is a delightful little game i've yeah, been enjoying it so fun. much yeah uh i'm not done with it yet but it's so much fun uh are you familiar with the steam world universe i'm not let's hear it uh it's basically just a three words or less steam world universe <laughs> i'm in oh. no um um, it's basically a, a, a 2D setup of um, it, it ranges from different time periods um, right. but it's basically robots that run on the steam just going on adventures of like discovering the world around them to uh, going on adventures uh, and they have the thing is is that there's different series within the steam world universe all right. but they all have a different playstyle. So yeah, what is the gameplay style? So there's fir- there's the first two that I can think of as uh, Steam World Dig. There's Steam World Dig one and two. Okay. Those are basically uh, Metroidvanias in the style of uh, Dig Dug. No, not Dig Dug. Okay. Um, I was gonna say that's bonkers. But like yeah. the the mining aspects of Terraria or Minecraft. Spelunker. Yeah. Or or uh, spunky, well, not really like spunky, because it's a lot about digging. It's right. it's um, there's a lot of old games. I remember playing a lot of flash games where you're basically like a giant drill, and you go down a like quadrant matrix of like ores and and digging, yeah, and you pick up ores and you make money off of that. But then eventually you'll run into ores that are too strong, and you have to with the ore that you have buy a stronger drill. It's basically that setup, but there's RPG mechanics. Depth, yeah. yeah, so you keep digging and you collect minerals, you sell them, 
back at the the store. I played the first one a little bit. I didn't really get the appeal. I was like, oh, okay, I get it, kind of. Um, It wasn't until the second one that I understood that... Because the second one sets up that it's a direct sequel, and you are a character who's related to the first character, Rusty, and you're trying to find out what happened to him. And so there's the threat of a story. There's a threat of a narrative going on that makes you like, oh, okay, I want to find out what happened to Rusty. Gets you invested. Yes. But it becomes much more like very clearly this is a metroidvania you you get new powers that change the way unless you get through progress that you progress yes you eventually you get a uh because you can fight enemies with your pick that you find underground but you can also uh you get a little uh, a taser gun that you can shoot or a little water gun and you use that to solve puzzles in specific ways you eventually get hover boots you can get uh like rocket uh, power backpack that can make you uh, sprint faster. Sounds like Spelunky. Yeah, um, but not Spelunky's uh, like a roguelike, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It, this one's just no roguelike elements except for when you die. If you're holding ore, you lose all your ore. You lose your money, okay. so you have to be careful. So there's. Uh, but yeah, that those are good. And then there was Steam World Heist. Steam World Heist is basically. Um, I would say it's kind of like 2D XCOM. Oh. So you're you're just on a on a 2D field and there's like different la- levels so you can go it's very it has a lot of verticality so you basically jump into different levels. There's cover, you move your characters around on a grid. And there's uh, a percentage. Yeah. And and the thing is like every gun has a ricochet factor to it. So it's not about shooting straight, it's about aiming your shots oh, in a way so you bounce off walls. And hit somebody behind the cover. Right. Oh. And, and different characters, you can have like a character with a sniper rifle, and they are really good at long distance ricocheting. There's some characters that have, they're not good at ricocheting, but they have like a shotgun, and they can get up close and personal and just blast someone's face off. And that one was really fun. That was a lot more mission-based, but uh, it was really engaging. Uh, even the story got really wacky up to the end where it goes from... You know, just fighting bandits to fighting the Empire to fighting aliens, alien robots. Interesting. Uh, and, and each time that you go through... So each act is a different faction, and, they, and each of the enemies have their own unique way of fighting. And then the aliens are the toughest ones because they have crazy uh, laser guns that can shoot through walls, or they can teleport, crazy stuff. Uh, yeah, that sounds wild. Yeah. And, and it has a lot of, a lot of replayability because each level... Um, has like a, no, but they have like a three-star system, so you want to try to do the best that you can. Oh, okay. So if you lose a character, if a char- one of your characters dies, uh, you won't get like all three stars. Okay. Stuff like that. And yeah. What was the one that you were playing now? So the one I'm playing right now is SteamWorld Quest. Okay. And that one is a pretty big departure because it's basically set up to be kind of like a storybook uh, uh, in a fantasy realm. So you basically play as... Uh, a couple of best friends. Let me see if I remember their names. Uh, Armilly, Copernica, Galio, Auric, and the twins Terra and Thane. And they're all little robots that are uh, archetypes of famous uh, uh, fantasy tropes. So okay. Armilly is your plucky knight who wants to join the Knights Guild and become an adventurer. Um, Copernica is a very studious, very uh, shy and anxious uh, wizard 
Right, right. And you have Galio, who's a big oaf brute, and he's basically the tank. And the thing is, is that it's a little bit more open world than the other two. It, it, it's still set up into little chapters. There's different acts, and there's chapters, and you go through each map. Uh, but the thing is, is the combat. The combat is card-based. Oh. So you have... So basically, each character has their own... Yeah. yeah. So each character has their own uh, card deck, and they have their own abilities that they can use. So okay. Armily, it's a lot about uh, being... Um, it's a lot about charging in it's a lot about stabbing um later on she gets a lot of like fire ability so it's a lot about being on fire and lighting other enemies on fire uh copernica she's a mage so all her abilities about are about elements so you shoot lightning you shoot fire you can shoot electricity um and then galio he can he's big he's like a tank but he's also support so you can hit really hard but he can he has like the most healing abilities and so you can only so the thing is all the cards you pick you pick three characters this is the other two but i don't want to get too into it mm. uh you pick each character and they all have um individual cards that all get shuffled in together and you can only choose per turn it's turn based so you can only choose three cards per turn so you can go okay i'm gonna have our Millie stab one guy and then i'm gonna have copernica use firebolt on another guy and then i'm gonna have galio uh, heal or melee or something like that. Yeah, okay. But there's also different bonuses. Um, if you use all the same cards from one character, so if you use like our melee, our melee, our melee, you'll get a fourth bonus card that created that has like a new ability. So for example, Copernica. If you use three of Copernica's abilities, uh, the last one can create like a a barrier around her allies, so she can. They can take a little extra damage. Uh, then there's also cards that can follow up one another. So if you use this card and our melee, if Copernica uses this card and our melee used one of her cards beforehand, it'll create some bonus ability. So if it's like, uh, if our melee attacked and you use this firebolt, then our melee will attack again and you'll get like bonus damage to your firebolt. Uh, then there's also, there's specific cards that take like a, Almost like Hearthstone, there's like a power meter that you have to charge up, and when you use basic cards, you add to your power meter. And so, if I use like, two, or like subtract or you, you add up. So if I use two basic attacks, I'll get two points out of like a total of nine possible. Points. Oh, so you have like a max number. Yeah. That you can and then okay. you can you can if you have those two points, then you can use a special card that uh -huh. uses two points and that one can have like a special effect like it can be like a really strong damage or oh, it can cause a bleed so it's almost like a rage meter yeah like wow so you build up and then you ex then you expend it expend yeah. it thank you i was trying to say exchange. yeah and so is right basically you just run through the map find different enemies you make it to the end of the map of that chapter and you fight a boss and you just go through pretty basic but it's always really engaging yeah the story is pretty simple it's about um they all come from a, a village that was under attack and they're trying to find out what happened so they go to figure out what the heroes guild could do but the heroes guild can't do anything so heroes take it upon themselves to take down the evil uh dark knight that's uh in charge of everything and they find out that they're in a bigger mess than they actually thought of initially okay so yeah 
a pretty basic game. I have been excited about this because I, I didn't think it was going to be like top tier amazing god game of the year, but I know that these that image form games, those developers, uh, they always put out something awesome. Yeah, they put a lot of heart into uh, games, right? From what it sounds. And like. also, I had been so it's it's kind of funny because when I used to have a Tumblr, I used to follow this girl who made like a lot of um, illustrations, and she was really talented. Artwork. And then yeah. when I deleted my Tumblr, I found her on Twitter, and so I followed her, uh-huh. and I found out that she just happened to uh, work for Image Forum Games. Oh, she actually works for the company. Yeah, and she just kind of, she did like the artwork for the soundtrack of SeaWorld Dig Two and other stuff. But when they announced SeaWorld Quest, mm-hmm. they announced that she was the art director. And oh. I was like, oh my god! Like this girl that I've been following for years, just kind of like, kind of like, she made it. Like she yeah, made all awesome. the art yeah. for oh, this man. game, and I was like, that's so cool. That's every artist's dream, right? Yeah, there. exactly. She's got it. Um, we we're going a little long, so I was gonna talk about two more, but I'm just gonna talk about yeah, let's one get one, in. Let's one last in, and that is did a you big fin- one. Did you finish it? I finished it. All right, let's hear it. I finished oh, Last of Us Remastered. Our first official cross off on a backlog. This is a game that uh, of my seat. if you haven't played this before, you have heard about it. You know. This is the game that people talk about. This is the game that shows that a video game can be art. This is the first art in the form of a video game. And then there's also a lot of people in the camp of this game is overhyped. People keep talking about it, blah, 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 blah. It's so basic and generic. And so I'd always been in that middle camp. I know that a lot of people talk about how much they love it. And not a lot of people talk about how much they hate it. And I knew that at one point or another, I'd have to get my hands on this game, because awesome. I love because I love Naughty Dog. I love all the I played all of the, uh, the Uncharted game. games, and I liked them. So why wouldn't I like this? And I played it through. And Jack uh, and Daxter, and Jack and Daxter, and Jack X, and all the all oh, those so other that's craps. Not what the game is. Um, but that's artwork. Throwing it out there. Uh, <laughs> it's really amazing. It's okay. phenomenal. So what is it? You got me on my seat here. What's the game? I said it. What was it? Last of Us Remastered. The Digi, I missed it. All right. Okay. I wasn't as much on the edge of my seat as I thought. Okay. No. Yes. Last of Us Remastered. Ah. Okay. Oh, so you did finally beat that. Yes. Okay. I li- that's the, that's the reason I asked to record this later because I was <laughs> right you were, at the you end. Were right at I the end. Just about to beat this. I'm right there. Uh, here I am sitting alone, just waiting, waiting for my buddy Carlos to show. <laughs> And it's so, I, I don't think, I don't think it's like one of my favorite games of all time. Not, be, it, I, the, the games that I think personally like are my number ones or something that kind of resonates with me in a very like personal level. Right. And this game didn't do that, but that's not anything against the game. Yeah, it's just, the game. you know, you just feel that way about some games, but I can't deny the quality of this one. I can't deny like the acting, the way the the story's portrayed. Uh, it's so good. So if you don't know, Last of Us is about um, a play uh, a, a it's virus a epidemic. Yeah, yeah, it's a fungus. fungus that takes over the world and kind of spreads. Is basically a zombie epidemic. People who inhale the fungus spores become enraged and become these monsters. Uh, and it's about a character who. Uh, 
early on loses his daughter to the epidemic and 20 years later into the apocalypse he just becomes this uh, hardened hardened begrudging old man and who is tasked with taking this young girl who seems to be immune to the infection mm-hmm. taking her across the country towards a rebellion group's uh, hospital where she can basically help them bring out the cure and make a vaccine to cure the world Mm. and it's basically just about their journey together and the relationship that they bond together and it's wild it's it's it does a really natural feeling uh you, you really get into the heads of both the characters you understand uh joel's brusque nature and how he doesn't care about the rest of the world but you also understand uh Ellie's innocence and her desire to see the hope in humanity and wanting to believe that there's something good can be out there and how you slowly see the opposites happen. How you see Joel go from being prickly and unable to communicate with others to slowly realizing that he finds something that he wants to live for, that something he wants to protect and Ellie going from completely innocent and naive to more and more callous and more uh more scared more more uh angry at what the world is around her and more willing to take a man's life if that's necessary yeah Uh, and 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 it goes to a point where something something almost happens it's so terrible that just you it 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 just takes takes your breath away how intense it is Mm -hmm. uh so yeah the narrative the way that the story is structured is beautiful the combat this was a game that it's it, basically it's about you just go and go through scenarios you walk around solve puzzles but eventually you get into kind of arenas where you basically try to sneak past you have to deal with enemies to get past them and it's a lot about resource management it's about a lot of uh, upgrading your gear using crafting materials to create things to help you on the fly like uh creating bombs or shivs so you can sneak up and stab someone and i initially went in with like a playthrough i always like stealth playthroughs i like to be you know like no uh okay pacifist no kill only only like knock out people no no not use my weapons be like very uh uh, thrifty And with this game, that was kind of like the most boring route to take, honestly. It kind of like boring to just sneak up behind someone, grab them, strangle them, sneak up, grab them, grab them. I think the way that the game works best is when you kind of just like are in the thick of the chaos. Where it's just you and enemies running around everywhere and you're trying to move past them while holding like a, a brick and just the way that everything just like flows together it just feels so natural where you can just go from chucking a bottle at someone's head and then tackling them to the ground and then just grabbing their gun out of their dead body and just shooting someone in the head that comes up behind you it just feels so raw and it feels so tense that at any moment someone could just sneak up behind you and just blow your brains out with a shotgun you have to be yeah you have to be careful you have to be ready for anything and that's the way that it works. And it reminds me of, like... It reminds me of uh, Breath of the Wild. It reminds me of the combat of Breath of the Wild, where it initially felt like a lot of 
running around, stabbing a guy, taking the sword out of his hand and like throwing it at somebody else and then grabbing their weapon and it just felt so uh, animalistic and savage. But that feeling really goes away quickly once you start like amassing weapons and you just have like a stack of ten swords that you don't really care about and it just kind of loses its flair. Like the original point of the game where constantly cycling through weapons and everything has such a low durability it just goes away and i don't feel like that happens with this one except for the last mission the very last mission it kind of becomes a third person shooter in, unless in you the take hospital, a, right? yeah. yeah because you get an assault rifle and you just kind of it's it becomes uncharted you're basically taking cover popping shots do, 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 and that part got on that kind of was like uh well it doesn't really take advantage of like what the game feels like but in the real middle part of the game that's when you're really feeling that rawness and it's it's a combat system i've just never felt before i've never felt it since i i don't see any games really try to do this even open world uh apocalypse games the closest thing i think of is maybe uh mad max but even then not really that much not really yeah not really mad max but uh, but yeah i i can't so yeah love that game it's probably more closer to Days Gone these days. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, I, I'd say kind of Days Gone would probably be along the lines of Last of Us not to not an extent. So because of the zombie thing. Because of course it's a zombie thing. Yeah, but just like the scrounging for supplies and the always feeling like you always got to look for something. So right. maybe maybe I'll check out get Days Gone at some point. But yeah, just Last of Us. So just, of fixes. Last of Us just really blew me away. And I'm really looking forward to playing through the DLC Left Behind. And yeah, yeah. I'm more excited for Last of Us 2 than I've ever been. I mean, I was excited because it looked great. And look I know that they make great games. But now I just... I, I know it's going to be good. I'm really happy for it. Uh, so yeah, that's that's my cue. That's my list. I got one done. Seaman Quest is almost done. I wanted to talk about uh, Metroid, but I can do that next time. It doesn't matter. Um, Metroid? Yeah, Samus Returns. Okay. I got it on the 3DS. I beat uh, it. Pretty fun. Oh, so you completed that one as well. Yes. Hey, but You already got two off. You, well, you also have Well, that one wasn't even on the list. That was just something I picked up on a whim. Oh. And I, but that doesn't count. I'm not that far behind. Well, I still wanted to talk about it because... Yeah, it sounds like it, it I really, still got a chance to win this. It's not a competition for some. Ah, you're right. Okay. I'm going to win. So you got yours done. I got mine done. We're done with E3. I think we can call this a successful first episode I of Backlog. So. Backlog. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Uh, we really appreciate you guys making it all the way through. Um, if you have anything you want to share, any comments, uh, suggestions, anything? Yeah, I'll, I'll figure something out. I'll make an email for the podcast. I don't have that yet, but I'll make one, and then you can shoot it over, and I'll just post about where to send it. Uh, but until then we will see you in two weeks we will be post E3 we'll be very excited very disappointed I will have the E3 blues question now that it's over so you'll get to hear that side of me I'm I'm ready for the hype I'm ready until then stay tuned bye like all subscribe